1: Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, all of those are websites. We're listening to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today in a peach shirt. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle.
0: I'd say it's a little brighter than peach. To be honest with you, it's more like a salmon. <laughs> Learn your colors. I'm
1: in no mood today. <laughs> <laughs> today is Tuesday, November second, twenty twenty one. Twenty three days till Thanksgiving. Make sure you take care of what you need to take care of, folks. Don't be caught with your pants down. Okay. Fact. Um. Happy birthday to. Who, whose birthday do you think it is? Happy birthday to Nelly.
0: Oh, nice!
1: I think I've mentioned this before. My wife's from St. Louis.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you do not know chaos mm-hmm. until you're at a wedding in St. Louis. In St. Louis, and the first, uh, the first like beat of country grammar comes yeah. on. It, Hot is, it is blank. <laughs> it is it is like Christ has descended from heaven <laughs> at that moment, and everyone is losing their mind. Episode one thousand two hundred seventy-three on today's show, guys. We're going to recap the college football weekend. We're going to talk about the Hall of Famer Craig Way. To all about all things high school football in the state of Texas. Perhaps we'll ask him about Texas as well. We'll unveil the DCTF top ten plays of the week. Lots to do here on today's Big Tuesday. We're gonna start. Call- I'm gonna start calling it Big Tuesday. Big it's Tuesday. Big Tuesday. It's Big Tuesday on Texas Football Today.
0: That's like uh, that's like uh, big taco or big tuna. The uh uh. What they used to call Jim, Big Tuna, Big Tuesday.
1: Yes, it's just like some that. Words some words say. are the same. Do we first four through the door? You the first big thing dork
0: that popped into my Golly. mind. Aaron Arbuckle, Greg Veet, Derek Del Rio, and John Neal. Welcome in, fellas. Wow, that's a
1: little bit of a remix first four.
0: Yeah, it was not a. It was not a veteran crew. That's
1: fine. I like it. I like the new blood. Sometimes you gotta have them do some new blood. I agree. Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Impactful Leadership Award presented by First National Bank of Omaha will recognize 10 influential Texas high school football athletes who are leaders both on and off the field. Today we are honoring Marcus Harbert of Wiley East High School. Congratulations to Marcus. He is a recipient of this week's Dave Campbell's Texas Football Impactful Leadership Award presented by our friends at First National Bank of Omaha. Read more about what makes Marcus a great leader at TexasFootball.com. And thanks to our friends at First National Bank of Omaha. All right, pickle. Let's recap a little bit of the college football weekend and talk some uh, talk some ball. Talk some ball. That you know is what the kids say.
0: Objectively, what, what our job say. is here.
1: Uh, we asked some burning questions on Friday or on th- Thursday, rather. Let's answer those questions in the affirmative. Well, what did we ask on Thursday? I didn't. I don't know. I've 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 drank a lot. That's fair. Of water. Very hydrated. And I'm ready. That's what I'm saying to answer these questions.
0: Sure, fella. Um, first one Baylor. What is the showcase matchup Saturday morning in Waco as they uh, they figured it out and took down the Longhorns?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what it was. And when we mentioned this, all came down to in my. Humble opinion. It all came down to whether or not Texas was able to run the ball. This is the Texas team that I think is re- reliant on running the ball, getting Bijan Robinson going, and Baylor, plain and simple, stacked him up. They held him to 116 yards, uh, or he held Texas rushing to 116 yards uh, on the ground. They can live with that. Uh, they were they were. Ineffective running the ball, plain and simple, and that was the difference maker in that one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when Texas was able to go out there and, and you know w- w- you know took a lead and and, te- and Baylor was able to come back, but that is to me, look, that was the situation where it was it came into the most focus, where Baylor's down, Baylor's down, double digits, yep. in the second half. At that point, what Texas wants to do is go on long, sustained drives mm-hmm. and not give Baylor an opportunity to get back to that. The fact that they were able to hold the running game down and keep them from running out that clock is the reason why Baylor's 7-1. Right. And the reason why they, they went away with a win. Uh, and and yeah, it came down to that. Texas, when they run the ball, is pretty darn hard to stop. Mm-hmm. Texas, when they can't run the ball, is pretty average. That's yeah. about the long and short of
0: it. And I think that's really like a positive for Bears fans too to think about is even after like Gary Bohannon hadn't thrown an interception since he had been named mm-hmm. the starter and then he comes out of the gate throws two of them and it's like well shoot are we gonna be able to pull this out and to know that your defense can kind of hang mm-hmm. their head not hang their head on that and, and go back out there was huge for them
1: yeah I think that was the biggest uh, the biggest factor in this game and uh and Baylor comes away with a win what's next pickle <laughs>
0: Up next, a yucky game. Texas State, can they hold Louisiana under 225 yards, rushing yards? And, I mean, a 45-nothing shutout was just... Well,
1: hold on, Pickle.
0: Did they hold them, though? Here's
1: the good news.
0: There is no good news when you lose forty-five nothing.
1: Um, let me make sure I get this right. I'm seeing that they held them to hundred and sixty something yards of total, of, of rush.
0: which is even more embarrassing to go forty-five to nothing.
1: Um, they lose forty-five to nothing. They did hold them. Let's make sure we get this right. They held them. No, never mind. Two eighty-two. That's count. That's that's remove. That's removing garbage time. <laughs> um, yeah, two eighty-two. So no. Uh, look, <laughs> look. Here's here's the thing. Because I'm looking at advanced score and they remove garbage time. Um, Here's the thing. I think this is rock bottom for Texas State.
0: It has to be.
1: I think this is it. And I'm not... uh, I don't know if if firing Jake Spavitol is the answer. It may be the only thing they have left in their bag is to do this. Um, He got the dreaded vote of confidence this week. Um, from the athletic department said we or we know we're disappointed in, in the football team, but Coach Bavitol has our full has our full support. That is usually fired by a, uh, followed by a guy being fired. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a disastrous game for um, for T- Texas State. This is as bad probably as they've played all year, and that's certainly saying something. Um, Louisiana's pretty good, but it doesn't excuse that. Um, this was a horrific horrific game for them. And everything, anything, uh, any, anything they wanted to do, worked for for Louisiana, and they just couldn't. They couldn't move the ball at all. I mean, they were they were miserable. Their success rate in this game uh, was thirty seven percent, that's not going to cut it.
0: That's the thing for Spavital to be able to stick around at the beginning of the year. Really, what we talked about was you just have to go out there and do something, and mm-hmm. it's like he can't even. Get them to do something the other to save th- the job. The
1: other thing is they were they were consistently putting themselves in um, in like third and long. Yeah, and you can't and shoot could, yourself they, in they, the they foot. <laughs> could, they could not convert it. So yeah, bad times, bad times in San marcus What's next, Pickle?
0: More just bad times. <laughs> Who is the game more important to North Texas or Rice? This one had to go into overtime in the Sicko Bowl, thirty to twenty four North Texas found a way to pull out a game that they just literally tried so hard to hand right yeah
1: it's funny I, I actually thought that in a lot of ways I thought rice was the better team in this game oh yeah um, no doubt about it but they they plain and simple just couldn't come up with the plays when they counted um, and credit Texas state that that's what they needed to do a lot of this game I think like little things like special teams ended up being like making a big difference that they were able to you know win field position battles and things like that And North Texas was able to kind of gut out a win um, this was ugly this is horrific um, I don't think either of these teams feel good about it, uh-uh. um, because I think that they they went up against a bad team and they looked like that. Um, for Rice, this is I think very concerning. I'm not saying Mike Bloomgren's jobs in jeopardy, because no. um, I think it's just a different situation at Rice. But to follow up what was a really impressive victory, mm-hmm. right, and to, to a really impressive performance uh, in the win over UAB, to go out there and to to really. Really struggle like that. I thought was really disappointing. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was yucky. It was bad. Consistency you has to have...
0: start at some point for Rice. Like you can't. have well, and, and by the way, I, I do wanna, I, like
1: it's worth mentioning that Wiley Green got hurt in this game. Yeah, and I, and, and and before he came out, Wiley Green was actually playing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would say I'm not saying that that would have changed the game because Jake Constantine. I don't think he came in here and lost the game for him, but you do wonder. And and certainly for teams that are struggling, you need all hands on deck. And whenever you have to go to the backup, when you're when you're a struggling team and you go to your backup quarterback, especially considering Wiley Green had looked so good against against UAP. Yeah. I don't know. This was disappointing.
0: Well, especially, and outside. this is just one of those things, too. Like, we say that Wiley Green was the clear-cut starter, but then it's like they've been switching all year anyway. Yeah. So that's just the, so the consistency. Right. What's next, Pickle? Up next, it was our small school game of the week. The question was, what does Howard Payne have to do to spring the big – ASC upset and they lost 38 to 14 against Harden Simmons. Yeah, they gave them some they gave him a
1: little bit of, of run. This game was close into at, at halftime. I want to say it was like 17-14 or something like that at halftime. Um the and, and basically Howard Payne kind of spit the bit in the, early in the second half and um, it was 14-7 at half, right? Howard Payne was down. Mm-hmm. Um Harden Simmons then returned the next kickoff. And then it was an interception, and it was like over from there. Um, give credit to Harden Simmons. One of the things that we said is that they have had trouble containing big passing offenses, um, and certainly they were able to um, they they were able to, to to come up with big plays. Most notably, that they came up with five interceptions. Yeah, um, Landon McKinney. Got his. He threw 255, but he also threw, and a touchdown, but he also threw five picks. So give credit to Harden Simmons. They're going up against a big, high powered passing attack, which they've struggled against, and they were able to come out with the win uh, and come up with the big plays. So, um, you know, I think Howard Payne, as we'll talk about with Corey Hogue tomorrow, um, Howard Payne. I think they still got to feel really good about where they're going this season. But uh, obviously, whenever you play a team that's really good like this, you, you got to play perfect, and they, they certainly did not get, do themselves any favors. What's next,
0: Pickle? Up next, we head back to Big 12 action. Um, the question was, what is a reasonable expectation for Texas Tech the rest of the way? A 52 to 21 loss after losing their coach the week before. Ah. Uh. It was to Oklahoma, Look, by the way. This
1: it's Oklahoma. This game was never going to go any other way. Um, I mean, you certainly don't want to be on the on the wrong end of a Caleb Williams just like showcase, like a Caleb Williams Heisman game, right? Um, but we knew the defense was trouble. Was in trouble. Um, we it's been knew a wild
0: was. week out there. <laughs> I actually
1: thought that. Donovan Smith came in and played okay quarterback. Yeah. I thought he played okay. And, and I think that, that at times the offense looked like they had a little bit of life. They weren't able to run the ball worth crap, but they, they were able to throw the ball pit. And, and yeah, I, look, it's a lost season for Tech. They were never going to go to Norman and win this game. Most especially, no. they were never going to go to Norman and win this game with an interim coach. Right. You know, it is what it is. Uh, they're they're tougher game. There's still games ahead that they that they got to feel like they got to go out there and win. The one now you got you wish you had. Well, I mean, there's two of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you gotta wish you you got the game against TCU. Yep. That was the game you needed yep. to have. Um, once that slipped through your fingers, that was the one that that was really the. Definitely.
0: Realistically, the way Texas is playing now, they should have had that one too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. just an anomaly mm-hmm. there. <laughs> All right. What's next, pickle? Up next, let's talk about those aforementioned horned frogs. Max dug over under on 275 and a half total yards TCU, the game that uh, oh, let God go almighty. of Gary Patterson after they lose 31-12 to in Manhattan.
1: Um, is- okay, so let's first answer the question, which is over under 275 yards of total offense. And uh, the under, uh, big under, uh, significant under, Max Duggan ends up getting a grand total of 65 yards. Oh, jeez. He got benched in this game for Chandler Morris. Um, and... And it was just a wet fart. Look, the defense is bad. Mm-hmm. We knew the defense is bad, but this is what happens when the offense like just doesn't show up. Yep. And it was, and, and by the way, Zach Evans didn't play in this game. It was horrific. Uh, this was, I mean, uh, look, I'm not saying that that Gary Patterson like. This is one of those things that after the fact, if you look back at this game, you go, "Oh yeah, I guess I can see that." Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was a. Horrifying game. Now, I thought actually Chandler Morris looked okay in relief, um, but Max Duggan, if he's going to go out there and 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 spit the bit like this, I mean they were, he could not be protected. The offensive line really failed them. They weren't able to run the ball with any sort of consistency. They had one basically long run from Kendra Miller, and that was it. Um, this was a bad. It was awful. This is this was. It wasn't rock bottom in the same way that, like, Texas State was rock bottom, but this was the worst TCU performance in years.
0: I quit watching it. It's awful. It It was was awful. It was was, was, not enjoyable in the slightest.
1: It was objectively, like, not fun to watch. Mm -hmm. What's next, Pickle?
0: Up next. (sighs)
1: So
0: sad here. UTEP is 25 and one all time in eastern time zone do they get their first ever win make that oh 26 and one as they drop it 28 to 25 against fau and darn it
1: they tried look oh. here's the thing um they were this this thing when i'll be honest when when they when fau ran for a touchdown to put them up 28 10, 20, yes. 10 early in the fourth i flipped it off
0: yeah
1: um give them give them credit they came back and they stormed back and they, and they had an opportunity late.
0: They kept fighting. They
1: kept fighting. But but in the end, it was not enough. Um, a lot of it just came down to the fact that um, like their offense just didn't do enough. Their offense, they only had... Is this right? They had 211 yards of offense? Mm-hmm. That seems bad, guys. I'm going to be honest. That seems real bad. Yeah, they had... Uh, n- no, that's not true. I'm sorry. That I, I was looking at the wrong number. Gavin Hardison actually had a pretty decent game. Um, but they like the offense was just not able to not it able to come up. With it was too little, too late. It really was. And
0: like if you would have had five more minutes, it might have been right, different. But right. you, a and little well, bit of a slow the start. The other through. thing
1: is, I think what what we learned about and what we know now about UTEP because this is basically only twice that they have played what we would call a negative game state. Mm-hmm. They have had to chase, right? They are not built to chase. No, they've got to play from ahead. Well, and they you, have to.
0: You start to think too, with just the way that that program has been for so many years. It might—I'm sure—that mentally, there's a little bit of a, uh oh, now yeah. we have to try and do way too much to get us back up. You haven't, Dana Dimmel has done such a good job this year of kind of implementing that winning culture, but ultimately, you go back to your old ways when you're having to chase like that.
1: Yeah, it was—you know—look, it was—it was disappointing, but in the end, you know kind of felt like they were going to come back to earth it is amazing that they can't win on the east coast that's that's probably
0: I know, yeah it's probably
1: honestly it's probably just more it's more random than it is like telling do you know what i mean like it's just like it's more indicative of the fact that utif's been a program that struggles and like as opposed to like they're cursed in the eastern time zone right but it is interesting that now they're zero and 26
0: yeah it's it's you know two Ugh. two different time zones yeah. so all right what's next pickle? Up next, the game of the year there. Um the question was who you got, cougs or ponies.
1: Look, I believe I took
0: them Cougs. You did, and with a forty four to thirty seven win, how about Houston? How about Houston? I mean, they, they could do this. <laughs>
1: um look, the biggest play of the game the biggest play of the game was um of course the the game winning uh kickoff return for a touchdown by Marcus Jones. Mm-hmm. Um Remarkable. Give SMU a lot of credit for fighting back. Oh, yeah. That they were down early in this game, and it kind of looked like, in the first half, first quarter, kind of looked like Houston might run away from them. Yep. And, like, run away and hide. SMU had stumbling for the fight. They came back, in the end, they came up with one individual play that was just remarkable. Um, and now, look, Houston's got to feel like they're in the driver's seat to play for an AAC championship.
0: Yeah, you have to.
1: Um, yeah. Where they'll play Cincinnati,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they could certainly play Spoiler. Yep. I'll like say that yep. you know I hate to break it to you, but Houston's not getting in the playoff. But like they can win a conference, and they can certainly ruin a lot of dreams along the way. They're going to be favored in the rest of their games, yeah, and and they're going to be favored pretty pretty considerably in most of these games. So I don't, I don't I think everything's in front of them now. SMU, you know, look, you got to hope now Houston kind of slips up and, and you're able to go and and maybe uh, sneak back into it. But in the end. Um, what a, what a, what a game! What a win for for Houston! What a win for Dana or not Dana Dana Holgerson. Um, it just struck me we have two coaches named Dana this day. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that's Welcome. that's the biggest win for him at Houston by a pretty considerable margin, and. Um, I mean, yeah, those are those are the kind of vibes that he was hoping to bring. I was thinking, you know? and
0: that's what I feel like we expected when he got yeah. hired. Like mm-hmm. this is this he is was, the program that we expected him to have, not the last two insane years. <laughs>
1: Dana Holgerson was hired to win games like this, mm-hmm. plain and simple, and he did. And he did because yep. you know what? There's a lot of other coaches who were hired to win big games and they don't. Jim Harbaugh yeah. has been holding on to his job for a long time, and he hasn't won a game that matters at, yep. at Michigan, right? You win the games that matter, and, he, and and the rest takes care of itself. That was a game that mattered there for, for Dana Holgerson, and he came away with a win. All right. There it is. There's our college football recap. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, Derry Max, and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud. To- Present are, are, are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year, decided at season's end. Your Week Ten Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Clear Falls defensive coordinator Destry Cope, the Knights defense forced a pair of turnovers and held district rival Clear Creek to just 215 total yards of offense and a critical 13-7 win over the Wildcats. Crandall office coordinator Kevin Brewer, Chris Abron ran for 172 yards and four touchdowns to pace a 458-yard assault as the Pirates took down Corsicana 63-40. Lubbock Estacado defensive coordinator Jeff Litkey. The Matadors pitched their third shot out of the season, capturing the District 2-4A Division Two crown with a 21-0 win over Loveland. And finally, Goliath offensive coordinator John Levas. The Tigers racked up 603 yards of total offense, and Aiden Barrientes ran for five touchdowns in a 72-34 romp over Palacios, clinching a playoff spot. So those are your Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF pickle let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the hall of fame voice of the texas longhorns the hall of fame voice of texas high school football the hall of fame contributor to texan live i can say now yeah we are go to the phone lines now to bring in the great craig way texan live's own craig way i'm just gonna i'm just gonna claim you for for us that's just the way it's gonna go craig
2: I'm fine being claimed. It's okay. I've, I've, I've lived the life of being unclaimed at times. So I'm, I'm good with that. And looking forward to it. It's going to be fun Thursday night.
1: Yeah, so for those who don't know, it's going to be Craig Way and I on the call on Texan Live for Pflugerville-Weiss and Georgetown. Uh, in a, a, a pretty big showdown there in Central Texas, Flugerville weiss can clinch the outright district championship with a win. Georgetown's kind of in the thick of it. Uh, trying to, to shore up as best of a position as they can. Uh, Craig, I'm, I, I'm, I know you're, you're already starting your prep work there uh, with Georgetown and Pflugerville-Weiss. Uh, with this game in particular, what, what are you going to have your eye on? What jumps out to you about this matchup we're going to see there at the Field on Thursday?
2: Well, both teams do have, uh, you know, exciting offenses and, and both can get it up and down the field. And, and, and Weiss is not afraid to get in a shootout and neither is Georgetown for that matter. In fact, they had one of those last week and they've put some points on the board, which by the way, Tep, I should point this out. Their propensity to put points on the board has put the Eagles in a good position. Should they fall into a three-way tie break now? Uh, if, 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 Let's just say if these two things happen this weekend out of that district, 11 AD1, Maynard, which, you know, which the computer uh, apparently thinks is two points better than Cedar Park. If Maynard were to win that game over Cedar Park and then Pflugerville Hendrickson were to beat Pflugerville. Now, the computer is, uh, is more enamored with the Panthers, with Pflugerville High. But Hendrickson has pulled some surprise. They beat Cedar Park this year. So if Hendrickson were to beat Pflugerville and Maynard were to win, and uh, even if Weiss were to win, Georgetown's in a three-way tie break at that point. Georgetown there with Hendrickson and Cedar Park. You know who the odd team out is? Cedar Park. Wow. Cedar Park, state finalist a year ago. And, there is, there, and it's not that far-fetched a situation where the T wolves could completely miss out on the playoffs uh, if those things happen. So, and and a big part of that would be Georgetown beat Hendrickson earlier this year, 62 to three, and then Hendrickson has uh, I think a five point win over Cedar Park. So, and Cedar Park has a three point win over Georgetown. So, the you know the tie breaks would would knock them out if those things were to happen. Uh, we'll see. And and then of course it could come down to uh, you know, if Georgetown beats Weiss, then they're, then they're completely out of what could be the potential tiebreak anyway. So the point is, there are things at stake as you and I mm-hmm. slide into the booth at the field in Pflugerville on Thursday night. Um, you know, it's it, it
1: one thing that stinks. And look, I know you've got a straight game, right? I get it. Uh, but I am sad you're not going to be on scoreboard with us. You're not going to be on the desk because you're going to be up in Ames uh, for Texas and Iowa State. Um which is a bummer because I know, I know this is one of your favorite weeks of the year. I know that this is this. It pains you to not be in in the mix of it. So then, how are you going to consume this week of this week eleven, which I know you hold very dear to your heart?
2: Well, to your point, my I've, I've told people my three favorite nights of the year are season opener state championship saturday or or friday during that weekend of course and the final friday night of the regular season which happens to be this week because it's always like to say that's when you unwrap the playoff package that's when you find out who's in who's out what it took to get some teams in and some teams out and i've been around uh, i've been able to bear personal witness to bizarre coin flips uh the things of that nature and 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 um and and tie and all that kind of stuff so it's it's kind of part of the uh fabric of this game it might not be a favorite part of the fabric especially for coaches but uh it's still part of the fabric of what texas high school football is all about now to your question obviously as i sit in a hotel room i think the, the, the team will be staying in Ankeny, Iowa, which is between uh, Des Moines and Ames. So I think, as I sit in my hotel room in Ankeny, Iowa, I'll be keeping up with the football friday app i'll be watching when i go and then i am joining you guys yeah probably uh our, our producer patrick madrovsky and i worked this out probably late in the show after all the coaches have had their say so just we can come back and look at the smoldering ruins of, of the end of the regular season on that final friday night and try to make sense of it so i will be popping on with you and Rico and the crew on Friday.
1: I will also say, and and I know you would love to be there, but I also know that there has to be at least some semblance of relief that you don't have to try to figure out tiebreakers live on the air on television uh, guys, I promise you, we're going to try our best, but it's just like we just kind of need the dust to settle. And if I don't know immediately what's going on on Friday night, that's okay. Uh, like I promise you, we will figure it all out. Who's getting in? But that that is always one of the more one of the more I don't want to say frustrating, but one of the, the one of the singular moments of the year is it's going to get to about ten thirty p.m. And people are going to be saying, well, who's playing who? And my answer at that point is going to be like, I don't know. I need to get out an abacus. I need to figure out. I need yeah. to make a phone call.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mine is mine has been less about who's playing who and more about not declaring someone legally dead. Yeah. You know, where, where you've said and, – and I've done that before. Years ago when you say, well, so-and-so, based on this – is 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 in and so and so is out so you make that declaration on there then you find out from somebody no no it was a positive points only tiebreaker or just the opposite no no it was a plus minus uh therefore team a is is not in they're out and team b is in so you stupid idiot you got it wrong you know that, that that you run that risk but you know what that's kind of the tightrope we walked up on that final friday night of the regular season adds a little dangerous thrill to it knowing, can you get it right can you can you can you get it you know get the details nailed down and be correct it's part of uh, of what we do, why we do those things. So it's it's kind of I- important for us to make sure that we uh, n- nail down those details if we can. It's a lot of fun. It's a challenge.
1: It is. Uh, all right. There is, of course, a game down in your neck of the woods in Austin that uh, that a few people are are thinking about. Of course, they're thinking about the Pflugerville-Weiss and Georgetown game, which you can watch live on texanlive.com with Craig Way and I on the call. There's another small game, I suppose, um, with uh, Austin-Westlake and Lake Travis going at it. Uh, it has been two years since they've played. It has been a minute. Uh, all eyes are going to be on who's playing quarterback for Westlake, who does does uh, Kate Klubnick play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I know you talk with both coaches um, on, on a pretty frequent basis. Um, what is, I, I, let me just ask a broad question. What is your feel for this game? Because it strikes me that for as much as we want to get excited about these high-flying offenses – The strength of both these teams may in fact lie on their athletic and improving defenses as the season has progressed.
2: I couldn't agree more. They've got – Lake Travis's defense has really uh, gotten better and ratcheted up in the second half of the season. And we talked last week about how they may have quietly kind of flown under the radar after the early season non-district loss, but they've cruised through the rest of late. They're getting a couple of banged-up defensive players back this week too, uh, a starter in the secondary and a starter on the defensive line, according to Hank Carter, who was on my show this morning. And uh, so, that, which, of course, then begs the other question, what happens with Westlake, uh, this Kate Club that Clay. If I were guessing, and I haven't visited with Todd Dodge this week, and I won't get a chance to visit with him tomorrow, he'll be on uh, our show, but I won't be on our show because I have a board meeting for the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame up in Waco. So I'm going to miss the show tomorrow. But uh, if I were guessing, knowing Todd Dodge as I know him, it would not surprise me to hear him say we're going to sit cade one more week because in the final analysis what is this game for two things mm-hmm. bragging rights and a gold ball for the district title that's it mm-hmm. it doesn't affect seating it doesn't affect any of that stuff because lake travis is going to Division one and westlake's going d2 uh, there's like in in talking to, to hank carter about it his biggest concern is is not winning or losing the game he wants to get everybody out of that game healthy. That's what he wants. Uh, and and I'm sure that Coach Dodge wants the same thing. He wants to get those guys uh, out of the game and healthy. And if he can get those guys out of that and ready for the bottom of the playoffs, so much the better. And that, that's that I think, is the concern for both head coaches. Now, having said all that, it's a fascinating matchup. And it is a rivalry thing. And Hank Carter did say that... that they have noticed more electricity. And this is always the case with this game every year, more electricity from the community, from the families. He said, I think, I think every player has had a nice breakfast for them cooked every morning by their moms. Cause all the moms are fired up about this game. So that's, that's, that's kind of what the, the, the temperature is of this game, whereas the coaches are trying to keep their kids just focused on playing a good football game, get out of it healthy, and let's move on to the postseason.
1: One last question for Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, to this every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today, and it is, of course, the mean one that I ask him every week. Craig, I'm going to give you an option uh, in this magical world where you don't have to be in—what uh, was the name of the town in Iowa? uh Ankeny Ankeny okay sure. <laughs> you don't have to be in an Ankeny Iowa you can instead you can teleport to any Texas high any of these three Texas high school football games i'm intentionally leaving out Westlake and Lake Travis so you can go to the Star in Frisco and watch Denton Ryan and Frisco Lone Star you can go to Four Sam Texas and watch unbeaten Holly and unbeaten Four Sam or you can go, I believe this game is in is in Matador. You can go to Matador, Texas, and watch Motley County and Jayton. Which of those three games are you teleporting to?
2: I'm going to see. I'm going to Matador. Yes, ah. Matador is a place like, there in Motley County. Uh, because those two, even though it's 1-7 in seven in the state uh, in your rankings, uh, I think it's a pretty evenly matched game. I like it an awful lot. Uh, I would that's probably the one that I would that I would uh, be most inclined to attend. The other two games, I think, are show me games, show me opportunities for Lone Star and uh, and another show me opportunity that you're talking about in the case of Forsand. Forsen, so I I, I want to see how they do because I think Hawley and Ryan are probably expected to handle their business, uh, but but it could be they could wind up being they're all uh, really good matchups between top ten ranked teams, so that's a lot of a lot of fun to go and uh, and you know the other thing that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, we talk about these crazy playoff races. We've been talking about. 13-3A Division Two for a while. There exists there exists a mathematical possibility of a four-way tie for the last playoff spot. Realistically, I don't think it'll happen, but there is a shot at a four-way tie for the last playoff spot, and certainly. Uh, a three-way tie could be a real possibility. So yeah, that's that's all up there. And by the way, one final note about Ankeny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to sleep on Ankeny, <laughs> Iowa too much. They have a joint in that town called the Leaning Tower of Pizza, and it's um. pretty good pretty good especially uh, for iowa
1: you should, you should pick pickle is is literally booking a, a, that, a flight right now to ankeny
0: yeah i'll see you there saturday
1: yeah. uh he's correct way he's a texas high school football hall of famer joins us every tuesday here on texas football Day. hear him on the horn in austin and of course on high school scoreboard school live most friday nights he'll join us remotely friday night but uh catch him on the call of iowa state and texas on the uh texas radio network by learfield Craig, appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, I will miss you desperately on Friday, and uh, but we can unwrap the present.
2: We'll look forward to it. I'll look forward to seeing you on Thursday. And I'm trying to talk pick one to joining us. We could use a spotter in the booth, right? Hey,
1: listen, there you go. There you go. <laughs> appreciate you, Craig. All
2: right, see you guys. Bye, there you go. Craig,
1: we the Texas High School Hall of Famer. Hear him on the call of Pflugerville Weiss and Georgetown uh, a, on TexanLive.com. Um, you can uh, it'll be myself on color but most importantly Craig on play by play and that's I guess that's one of the things I want to point out and I just want to say guys Craig didn't call a ton of high school games no. like he basically does like the state championships he does like Texas football days and then there might be like one or two sprinkled in the middle like this is an event it's yep. a big deal. So please, oh, yeah. TexasLive.com, make sure you're watching Pflugger for Weiss in Georgetown. It's going to be a lot of fun. Big game down there in Central Texas. I've never been to the Puffield. So
0: oh, looky there. Never been, never a new been. experience in all sorts working, of ways. I'm it's exciting my, stuff. my spotter boards right now. There so. you go.
1: Appreciate Craig White hopping on with us. All right, Pickle. Should I do the? Should I give you some time? We're text Football no. Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. You know all that stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Dave Campbell's Texas football and from now on our proud team up the year, this year to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 10. From now on, Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Mark Torres from El Paso, Pebble Hills, picked to finish sixth in the preseason polls by some dum-dums. Coach Torres' young Spartans pushed through an 0-2 start to the season and have gotten red hot down the stretch, including a thrilling 38-27 win over uh, on Friday night over El Paso East Montwood rather to improve to five and one on district play they were down 24 nothing before they rallied for one in five 8 John Bolfing from Montgomery Coach Bolfing's Bears uh, held off Huntsville in a 35-28 overtime thriller on Friday night to improve to nine on the season clinching their first district title since 1989 with the win by the way I got a note from a f- mutual friend of ours pickle whose name I will not read on the air because uh, he he did not give me permission to. Okay, um, that was his 114th game that he has coached with a bull thing at the starting quarterback spot.
0: That does not surprise me.
1: It's pretty wild, right? Yeah, he's got a bunch of boys, and they've all been good quarterbacks. Anyway, that's pretty. That's pretty remarkable. Uh, let me pull up the rest.
0: Foray. Todd
1: Wallace from Quinlan Ford. Coach Wallace has the 9-0 Panthers on the brink of history after a thrilling 39-36 win over Catta Mills Friday night. With a win next week, Quinlan Ford can secure their first ever unbeaten regular season and first outright district title since 1979. In three, Matt Schobel from Columbus. Coach Schobel has the Cardinals thinking Arlington could be in the plans after Columbus all but secured the district title in the brutal District 12-3 Division One with a hard-fought 14-13 win over Hallettsville. In 2A, Cal Netherland from Somerville. Coach Netherland's Jaguars clinched their first playoffs appearance since 2017 and only the third for the school since 1991 with an impressive 50-6 to win over Bartlett on Friday night. Big game for them this week against Granger. In 1A, Sam Winters from Hermley. Back for his second stint as the Cardinals head coach, Winters made history on Friday night with a 66-48 win over state-ranked IRA, guiding the program to its first 10-0 start since 1978. And the private school ranks Jordan Black from Fort Bend Christian. Coach Black has the Eagles thinking about a district championship after Fort Bend Christian's 49-7 win over Houston Lutheran South, setting up a showdown in Week 11 with Houston Second Baptist for the Taps district Division II District 4 crown. So those are your Week 10 from now on Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches. Thank you for what you do for your teams, schools, and communities. For more information on how your school can get a one-stop shop experience that transforms how it connects with fans and communities, visit from-now-on.com. One last thing to do, Mademoiselle Pickle, and that is to roll out the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Top 10 Plays of the Week! That's right. If you see a play in the high school ranks that you think should be on our DCTF Top 10 Plays of the Week, tweet it to us. Hashtag DCTF Top 10
0: Especially with the playoffs coming up. We know that there's going to be some ridiculous plays out there, and we don't want to miss any of them, so please tag us.
1: Tag us. Hashtag DCTF Top 10. We give you credit. Pickle goes through, scours the internet, looks for the best plays, puts them all together, puts some music on them, plays them on the show. Here's the DCTF Top 10 Plays of the Week. rushing per game, and
2: so that shows you that they can keep up with this uh, Creekview offense. Wow. Jordan Crane, hard to keep up with him. A speedster down the left sideline, all the way to the house. Touchdown Creekview. Here's the return this time. Johnson again. One man to beat. Johnson all the way. Touchdown. Cy Woods. Just like that. We're an extra point from a tie game. They're in a high formation. Man in motion. Brisbane hands the ball off. pitches it back to Brisbane. Brisbane takes a shot down the field. And I tell you what, it's off the hands of Elam. And it's an interception. Right side. Now he sends Reed out, out of the backfield in motion. Coming up to the short side for all going to have to take it for himself, 35, 40, and gets the first down, he's still on his feet, across the 50, 40, and he's going to break free, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Jacoby Perrault. Henry, double pass, Niblet's going to go long, got Fleming open, and he hits him in stride, and he is down inside the 20. And that's why they call Ryan Niblett an ATH. He does just about everything out there. He used to be the quarterback, and we can see what a great throw by Niblett. <laughs> First down and ten. Now Castillo taking the snap. He'll run a left side, and he will jump double- over oh! and get into the end zone touchdown. with McDonough Cedar Hill's defense is on the field fans are on their feet Holdman lines up near McDonough midway at the 42 yard line with 45-17 Cedar Hill the snap Tedford, Holdman picks it up, grabs it he's gonna run, Titus 50 Titus 40 Titus Holdman 20 what a moment touchdown Titus Holtman and everybody, both teams swarmed Titus Holtman in what a moment, Craig Smoke. Oh, I've never been a part of something like this, an incredible moment. Yeah, and the officials are There it is. The clock.
1: Your DCTF Top 10 Plays of the Week. You can find those on YouTube. If you're interested, that last play is from the... It's the final play of the Cedar Hills win over Hewitt Midway. That is um, special needs player Titus Holdman from Midway who uh, broke the long touchdown run there. Our, friends, uh, our friend David Smoke and Craig Smoke on the call there. Um, and uh, fantastic stuff. Play of the Week, certainly. And, uh, and, and as I mentioned on, um, on scoreboard when we had that highlight. That was one of our plays of the night on, on, on Valley Sports Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, not a surprise, uh, considering the class acts on both sides with Carlos Lynn uh, over there at Cedar Hill and Shane Anderson.
0: I love that Midway. they celebrate with him, yep. too. That was awesome. Most both teams certainly. out there. Most just, certainly. That was very, very Easily, cool.
1: easily. No, no con. Sorry, sorry to all the one-handed catches and stuff. Yeah, no uh, Y'all are all there. fighting for second place this week. Titus Holdman gets our play of the week. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts.
0: Um, just want to remind some people too. I think that Facebook um, the chat has been messing up. For some people, it seems to be working for some, doesn't work for others. That I just want to remind everyone that we are on YouTube every single day and Twitch. So if it? you are tired of any comment things or <laughs> anything going wrong on Facebook, you are welcome to come join us. That's youtube.com/slash Dave Campbell's TF. And the other thing with YouTube is that we cut all of the clips from the show. Yeah. So if you miss anything Thing, go back and watch it they're cut though that day so yeah. just a, just kind of some housekeeping right. stuff for anyone who's kind of new around these parts yeah. especially since playoffs are coming around every, we every tend show. to get new people
1: every show is somebody's first yeah you know what i mean and so um hi we're an internet show and we've done this what's today's far episode? too long um
0: 1,271 273
1: oh that's too many that's at least three too many I, I yeah. thought 1,200 – when we, when Max and I started the show, we yeah. were like, let's do 1,270 shows and stop. And now, like, we're in overtime. Yeah. So, anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCT. Up, like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash DaveCampbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com um, tomorrow. Big show. This Week in Recruiting with Greg Powers and Corey Hogue, our small college yeah. insider. A little small college talk for all you small college football nerds. Uh, For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tupper. Thanks to Craig Way for being our guest. Uh, Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.